Hello everybody, thanks for tuning into the show. Today I'm talking to Barry Jones about permaculture and how it can improve your mental health. My name's Chris Sutton, this is Mental Conversations. Boom, and we're live. Um, so I'm sat here in my living room um, and um, I'm all hooked up to Zoom, or it's not Zoom, is it? WhatsApp, whatever, with my mentor, guru, devilishly handsome man that he is, Barry Jones. Uh, Barry, thank you for coming on to Mental Conversations. Welcome. Oh, thanks for having me, dude. Um, I, as you all know, but other people won't, I find it very difficult to talk to you without slipping into a Welsh accent. So uh, I can I can only apologise uh, to those listening who are from Wales. This is still me talking, but I'm talking in uh, my Welsh accent. Uh, anyways... Yeah. So anyway, um, so today, um, well, just to tell people a little bit, we've uh, we have worked together in the past, um, but more importantly, um, you've you've helped me through some situations by using some techniques you've used around um, um, setting goals and and how to improve my mental health. Um, and I asked you ages ago if you'd come on the podcast, you very graciously said yes, and then I've um, pestered you now we're in lockdown, and uh, and you've decided to, yes, you'll come on, and you'll help share to the world what we talked about and a few tips and hints that might be able to help people. Does that sound all right? Yeah, it sounds great, absolutely. Okay, cool. So how how's things going during lockdown anyway? Are you doing okay? and um, yeah lots of gratitude that the fact that we've got a garden and some outdoor space um, uh, yeah, yeah and we've kind of got food in the cupboard so and, and, and lots of family around us so feeling very grateful for that yeah. But, yeah when I spoke to you the other day you were um, pottering in your greenhouse as well which sounded quite nice I've got like a, a nice image in my mind of you because you're quite a relaxed guy, aren't you? And you, and I think it kind of helps you get through that you, like you, I remember you said to me the other day, look, we've got food on the table, we've got, you know, we, we're doing all right, and you, you positive out, uh, positive mindset, should I say, helps you, doesn't it? So which puts you in a good position. Yeah, it's something, it's something I've been trying to learn and practice for quite a, quite a few years. Um, doesn't necessarily come kind of natural. It's something I've had to work harder at. Um, and I see it as a bit of a choice now. Um, now I can make a conscious effort. You know, am I going to look through this through kind of an abundant mindset, or am I going to look through this from a kind of you know limited resource kind of mindset, like half full, half empty kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, and I try to be try to catch myself with kindness when I'm you know everything's doom and gloom, and try and nudge my way to think a little bit differently. Yeah, so practice a lot. It's interesting that like that in itself because I you know mindset something that I that I've talked about quite a lot in recent weeks on the podcast and um and for me a lot of people I think you think your mindset's your mindset and you're kind of like damn it this is who I am this is the cards I've been dealt so this is how I'm going to like get through life and then what you've just said there contradicts that in in that actually we can do something about it and you can work hard at it, and it's you, you. I think you just said it doesn't come naturally. It's something I actually have to work on. So it's really it, for me, for someone like me who knows you, I that that inspires me a bit, if I'm honest, because it means I can. I think okay, well Barry works at this, and so 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 can I. You know, it's um, so yeah. Thanks for that. Um, 
Oh. So I, I, think, I think we all kind of do that occasionally, Chris, don't we? You know, I kind of look at other people and think, you know what, they've got their, their stuff together. They, they, they nailed it. You know, they're happy. They won't have these kind of self-chattering moments going on. But in reality, you know, we all have kind of ebbs and flows, don't we? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, I think one of the things I've learned, try not to look at other people and compare and contrast myself and assume that they've got their stuff together and therefore somehow I'm not as good as them. Mm. So just kind of take, try and take personal responsibility of my own self. And, and something I learned when we used to have chats together about mindfulness and stuff, you know, you, we're not our thoughts. Mm. You know, I remember when you sort of talked to me about that stuff and it's like, ah, wow, that, that's, that's kind of powerful. You know, that thought was in that moment and that moment's now gone. So let it go, you know? Yeah, I, I exactly. And you've, I mean, it all comes down, it all, you know, intertwines this with goal setting and, and things we're going to talk about. But but you've hit on another one of my kind of favourite things there, which is that's that responsibility for yourself and that, you know, that, yeah. that actually you can, you can make some changes. You can, well, you can make a lot of changes and you can change your outlook and you can catch yourself by actually realizing actually what that thought I've just had, which was really negative or that thinks, oh God, you know, how am I going to get through this? Or, you know, this happened to me this morning. I had an early morning conference call with someone who I find a little bit intimidating in my day job and I was dreading it, you know, so it impacted my sleep last night and then leading up to it, I'm getting more and more nervous, more and more nervous. Then of course the call's absolutely fine. Everything was all right. <laughs> they don't even know that I find them intimidating or anything like that. It's all been within my own head that, and you know, a, a perhaps more appropriate way of looking at it would have been if I'd been like, look, I've been having these calls all the time, and every single one's been fine. So you know, and to help kind of try and manage that anxiety around that situation, um, I could do something about that. You know, and it's uh, yeah, it's powerful to know that you have you 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 can do something. Anyway, I want to ask you. I want to throw a word out there. That people aren't weren't maybe not have even heard of before, which is permaculture. Yeah. So can you? It's nothing to do with um, the fact that you've shaved your head. You didn't used to have a perm. Um... <laughs> yeah, nice. You, you promised that this this was just a, a, an audio podcast and people wouldn't see my ugly mug, right? So yeah, no, no one's gonna no one's gonna see what you look like. But I'm looking at Barry. He looks at, he's he's shaved his head, and. Um, you're still looking good though. I like it. Um, anyway, permaculture. Tell it. What What is it? Okay. Um, right. What is it? I mean, it's one of those things that there's no agreed definition. It means different things to different people. But in essence, it came about um, from a couple of Australian dudes called David Holmgreen and Bill Mollison observing natural systems and observing those systems collapse over time in Australia back in the seventies. And they kind of thought, how can we create permanent culture, you know, hence kind of permaculture, mm -hmm. and how can we do so by, by learning from nature and natural systems? So when you look at a natural ecosystem, you know, there's various principles at work, so it produces no waste. Um, you know, outputs from one part of the system is an input to another part of the system. Um, and they basically said, can we take what's going on in natural ecosystems and can we use it as a set of design processes so we can then create and design sustainable systems ourselves that are underpinned within an ethical framework? And that ethics are fair shares. So that's all about limits to consumption, yeah, and sharing our surplus. It's all about people care. 
So it's about you know looking after ourselves and other people and community and developing community. And then it's about the ethical kind of situation around earth care. So how can we limit pollution, look after all life, and how can we kind of reverse climate change, I suppose, and have a regenerative impact. So, and, and you can use permaculture, designing everything and anything. Mm. So lots of people think it's all gardens, and you can use it outside in, in gardens, but you can use it in uh, designing what you want to do and be in the future. I used it when I um, left local authority after 18 years. Um, as a way to say, wow, wow, what next? What am I going to do next? You know, um, so yeah, you can use it in loads of situations. Yeah, so so like as a as a kind of example, I'm going to get the um, the the fruit and veg wrong, but there's there's like isn't one of the most famous examples of this to give people an idea is about like if you planted if you plant plant certain vegetables on their own, like in different in two different parts, yeah. then they grow at a certain rate. But if you plant them together yeah. in the same pot, then both of them thrive more and they, you know, they do better because of the something to do with, I don't know, I'm making it up, but like maybe one of them makes the soil more acidic um, and therefore the other yeah. one in, thrives in that environment. So farmers had learned to plant peaches next to bananas or something. I don't know. I'm making it up. But it's, but it's something... Something, something about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, 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 it's fine. So there is an example called the Three Sisters Bed. It doesn't work too well in, in our kind of um, temperate climate in the UK, but it works in, in hot climates. And that is if you plant um, pumpkins or squashes with sweet corn and um, dwarf French beans, you know, in the same space, really close together, they'll grow more together than they would if you, you grew them separately in their own spaces. Hmm. And because what one uses... Uh, that one uses the output of another. So, for example, the French beans, they, they put uh, nitrogen in the soil and fix nitrogen through their, their nodes and all that on their roots. That's taken up by the by the pumpkin, which is a heavy feeder, and pumpkins grow kind of vertically up the sweet corn. Um, so that's that, yeah, so that, that came from uh, Native Americans. Um, they, they discovered that. Years ago, so that's that's one example. But that, but that, I think is a good example because you know, I mean, it probably wasn't as eloquent as my making up peaches and bananas, but like, there is nothing like me talking about something I know nothing about to get people <laughs> listening to this podcast. Um, but but anyway, I what I what I really like about it is it's it's synergy, isn't it? It's about synergy and it's about people like. The, the, the you know people working together being more than the sum of their parts kind of thing and what I, but the key the, but the key aspect for it and then we'll get on to like the design thing that we that we did together and the goal setting is just that understanding that what you do here on your left hand impacts can impact what happens to the right hand you know like it it these these things can all be interlinked and if you do things but if you realize how I don't know. So if one of the things that you struggle with in your life is relationships with your family um, or maybe yeah. relationships in general, um, then one of these like phenomena that's happened during the, the COVID kind of lockdown is Zoom calls and people having these phone calls with multiple people. Well, I've never done this before lockdown, you know, and now on a weekly basis, my, my other half and her family have a, a family quiz, a pub quiz. 
which I don't know if it'll yeah. happen after lockdown because people's lives get busier and they're out and about. So maybe it's less likely to happen as frequently. But but those relationships with those people, you can see them improving and growing. And, you know, because there, there are other partners involved. So I don't know about in your family, but I might, you know, I would have a phone call with my brother or my sister or my mum or my dad, but I don't phone my other half's mum and have a conversation with her. And yet now I'm in this Zoom chat that relationship is growing because I'm having more conversations with them. I've met a partner of my girlfriend's brother, you know, that I've never met before. So all of these things, you know, by, by, by that's made me realise, ah, okay, there's a new way of doing this communication in, in this set of people, which is improving and enhancing our relationships. So I might take that and push it into other areas of my life. Um, does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And, and, you know, thinking around kind of some of the key principles around permaculture, or, you, I mean, underpinning permaculture is all about good observation, really taking a step back and just observing what's going on around you and what's going around, on around in the system that you're observing, be that a vegetable patch or be that family relationships and how people are communicating. And then, and then before you jump in and make any decisions or set any goals, you kind of just observe what's happening and then begin to analyze that, if that makes it makes sense. And I think, I think you know, so there's various tools to do that. So I think it was Edward de Bono created plus, minus interesting. You know, I've been doing this quite a bit. Thinking about, okay, thinking about COVID-19, what's, uh, what's all the pluses that I've experienced because of it? Just brainstorm it until mm. I've dried up. Mm. Then start thinking, okay, so what are the minuses because of COVID-19? Brainstorm that. And then think about, okay, and what are all the interesting things? Because actually, I think if we don't observe and really understand what's going on for us right now in COVID-19, I think we'll miss lots of opportunities when we slowly transition away from lockdown. And you said something there, Chris. You said something like, because when we're back to normal, we'll mm. all be too busy. And actually, if there's things that are giving us a lot of energy, a lot of connection, and we're feeling are doing us and other people a lot of value, why wouldn't we want to hold on to that in the future? So... You know, we have to work hard, don't we, understanding what's working and what's not, and then mm. plan to say, how are we going to continue to make sure we connect as a family, you know, post-lockdown? What, what might that look like? Yeah. Because um, otherwise, we'll fall back into habits that we just assume are natural patterns, and those patterns can be quite disruptive for ours and other people's kind of emotional well-being. So. Yeah, I, I, that's, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because it, it, it is about... So, so it's about observation of where you are now, looking at where you want to get to, at what, at what the future might look like, you know, even in this COVID world, um, and, then make it, and then making that plan as to, you know, how you're going to get there and what you're going to maintain. So maybe with that example I just gave, maybe it will become like, a, you know, you talk to people and they say, you say oh, I just haven't got enough time. And it's like, well, actually, it's rarely that you haven't got enough time. And actually, it's more that what are your priorities and it may be that comes yeah. what comes out of this with that example i just gave is that do you know what actually that's a real priority for us as a family or them as a family whatever like and to to actually hold this as a priority that maybe not once a week because of other commitments or whatever but maybe once a fortnight that's going to be sacred to us and on a thursday night at eight o'clock we're going to have our pub quiz you know like because it's because it keeps us it, as a family we it, it's helping us bond it's helping us stay together and you know and that is something that's really important to me and then rather than 
I wouldn't say the majority of us, but certainly a lot of us in the world that go, oh God, you know, I just, I'm so crap at phoning my brother or I'm so crap at having it. You know, instead you're like, in your own mind and when you're talking to others you're like oh yeah it's great me and my family regularly stay in touch we have this thing that we do you know and then that within yourself for me for someone like me who struggles with guilt a lot that guilt subsides because you're like well I, I have that regular contact with them and you're no longer thinking that so all of those things are interlinked and intertwined as well um so you know um can i ask you can i ask you a question um yeah so we sat down together and we did we went through this design of um loads of different things that you were you were helping me to try and move away from or more importantly things I wanted to move towards. And one of the really yeah. cool one of the cool things when I look back over that was you asked me the question, what excites you? Yeah. Tell me about that. Why is that part of it? Um so I suppose it well, through what, through the lens of permaculture, do you mean? That, that, that kind just, of lens. Just in, just in general goal setting, I suppose. Just in general. Okay, so, so whenever we're doing, whenever I'm working with myself or anyone else around using permaculture to design something, and without going into too much detail, you were wanting to design um, what was going to happen for you in the future, weren't you? Mm, yeah? yeah. So part of that was the thing I mentioned around earlier, around observation. Mm. So the first thing I did, we kind of observed what were your goals. And we started thinking thinking about that. And then we started thinking about, okay, so what's going on for you right now? Yeah. And part of that was part part of that was trying to understand what excites you, what motivates you, what brings you energy, what brings you joy, you know, um, you know, what does a life of abundance look like? Yeah, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's it's about really exploring what's going on. It also comes from the world of person centered planning. So kind of tools from the what 1990s where um you know a, a dude called john i forget his surname from from america created loads of persons oh of i know approaches. i know john yeah john <laughs> john, john, john from john, john from america yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the one that's the one but you know that, that sense of um you know um what's working what's not working really mapping out everything and really observing as much as you can about yourself because if we don't understand what's going on, we might not be miss we might be missing some triggers yeah. or some opportunities. Yeah. What I like that, what I really like though about that as well, that's I mean that's really helpful. What what I like as well though is like I think a lot of people look at if you were looking at goal setting, I think a lot of people without any guidance might I mean maybe I should say me rather than a lot of people, I don't know, because I might be different, but I'm not sure. Oh, I'm not sure I would go for the. Um, I'm not sure my mind would automatically go towards what excites me. I think my mind might go yep. towards, oh, you know, what's the best thing for me, or things that I think might be best for me. But I bloody love that that, you, that the question is what excites you, because actually, what better to do with your life? What better to focus on in your life than increasing the things that you feel excited about? So I I I just love that question, and in terms of you know there's there's a low, there's a raft of different questions and different things we went through, and we moved on to after that, and we'll get to some of them in a minute. But I love the idea of that. So like I'm looking at you, don't want to give too much about you, but you're wearing a, a jumper at the minute or a um, sweat top that talks about swimming. You've swum the channel, haven't you? Yeah. Well, I've swum part of the channel in a, with a team, yeah, as a, in a relay. Yeah. 
but that in its like amazing achievement like and something and I, I know it was a relay and so you so you know you only actually did about 50 meters doggy paddle in the end wouldn't it but <laughs> it's this sometimes i must explain to people me and barry are good friends so we like i'm not if it seems to just descend into a bit of mickey taking that's not it, there's no malice in it it's all it's all good fun um but but yeah but genuinely you you that that was a hell of an achievement to do that and but it took a lot of hard work a lot of graft a lot of teamwork a lot of team spirit but i'm assuming there's excitement in there as well Absolutely, because if it didn't, if it didn't excite me, I couldn't tap into that excitement to find the motivation when stuff's not all going the right way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I just, you know, I didn't want to like throw open your world to people, but it just, it just hit me because you're wearing that t-shirt, that top, like, and I was thinking, you know, these things that enable us to achieve big things, because that is a big thing. I know I'd like laugh about it and stuff, but. That's huge. I mean, I can't even I can't even imagine attempting something like that and how hard it must have been to train for it, how much dedication it must have taken to go, you know, in that freezing cold water and to get back in when you're tired and you're sleep deprived and everything else. But but to achieve it, you have to have that initial kind of observation as to right, well, what am I trying to do here and what am I doing it for? What's the goal? And then, and then the the reflection is. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but then reflecting on it afterwards as to what did I get out of it. I mean, yeah. you know. Um, Absolutely. But so for me, for me, part of my when I when I goal set, I um, I do that observation of what's going on now that we've discussed, and I think about what the goal uh, looks like. Um, I think I think about the goal. What, what would you know if I jump in the DeLorean or the, the TARDIS? You know what would and then go into the future where I've achieved that or just about to achieve that. I think about what do I see, what do I hear, what do I you know uh, feel. I really kind of try and experience it in my mind because um, then I can kind of really understand does it excite and motivate me. And that's that's the goal. I see it. I visualize it. And then I take a step back and start thinking, because otherwise we could, you know, anyone can just say, right, I'm going to I'm gonna climb Mount Everest or, or I'm going to run around the block or whatever their goal is for them, you know. But unless you really explore it and really understand what is it you're hoping to gain through that goal, what's it going to give you, what's it going to make possible for you, um, that, that's what I need to do. I need to really think about it hard. I, I really, but, because I think... I, so I tell you what. I tell you who like the the person is that I'm that I think about when I say, oh, I think people think this is. I think about the person that I was. I think about the person I used to be before I gave a lot of thought to these things and before I started noticing that by observing stuff um, and making little changes can actually you know end up making you happier. You know, and so I say right now, even amongst all this. COVID-19 lockdown I'm as happy now as I've as I've ever been in in my life and there's loads of challenges and there's loads of different obstacles to overcome but a lot of it is down to you know and it's hard sometimes especially being British to give yourself credit because we we don't like doing that um you know congratulating ourselves but a lot of it is down to my own hard work and the, the stuff that I've put into making those little changes um but yeah 
absolutely, in the first instance, it's looking at where am I now and what aspects of my life are there that I'm not happy with and what aspects are there that I am happy with. And it's about trying to remove some of those first ones and it's about trying to, you know, lift up some of those second ones, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And understanding, understanding, understanding why, why, what, why is that your goal? What, what, what is it about what's currently going on that you want to change? What are the patterns that are driving it and underneath it? You know, because actually, I don't know, jumping in the English Channel and swimming it with four of your your mates, you know, that might not be the goal. It might be about something else. You know, it might be about getting fit. It might be about um, grabbing moments to meditate. You know, because swimming for me is meditation. It's mm. doing nothing other than the breath. Do you know what I mean? It's it's understanding what it is, what what's the driver, um, and the other thing is it, through kind of thinking about the ethics of, of permaculture, thinking about people care. Um, how are you going to be kind to yourself along the way while she's driving towards this goal? Um, how are you going to build in pauses to stop and reflect in a non-judgmental way? You know, in that kind of mindful way, just to observe what's working, what's not working. Mm. What do I continue to need to do a bit more of? What do I need to let go? Maybe that's a thought process or a, another pattern that's happened. Um, yeah, and then, and then building celebration. So important, whatever yeah. that goal is. Acknowledge it, celebrate it. Yeah. You know, really enjoy it. And also, and also actually, maybe get ready for a bit of kind of post-goal blues. Yeah, so mm. um, if, if, if the goal you're focusing on is, is so big and it's something that's been your dream for ages, you know, Whatever it could be, it could be be the leading person in the Ramdram Society. It could be running at one thousand meters. It could be learning another language. What the goal is, it doesn't matter. But if it's yours and you've owned it and wanted it for such a long time, once you've got it, there can be post goal blues. That makes sense. Yeah. Building time to celebrate, building time to enjoy the achievement, building time to reflect. Know there might be a bit of blues afterwards, and don't rush off to the next goal. So I've read a, I read a, look, a little bit about this, like kind of elite, elite athletes, whether they're professional or otherwise, people do massive things. When it finishes, they can just get a sense of, wow, I've spent two years or three years of my life focused on this, and this is now finished, it's gone. Yeah. I feel empty, you know? Actually, um, interestingly, just, you know, do you remember, do you remember Chris Boardman, the cyclist? He, uh, yeah, he yeah. in the he won the gold medal of uh, in the Olympics. I can't remember. It's a long. It's you know. It's a good, fifteen years ago or so now. I would I would imagine. And I remember seeing him um, interviewed afterwards. Like, um, I don't know if it was days afterwards or weeks afterwards, but it wasn't immediately afterwards. And they showed him crossing the finish line, winning his gold medal. And as he was doing like his lap of honor, he was like shaking his head. And he was, and he'd start, I think he'd start, he might even started crying. I might, I might be wrong there. And they said, so what was happening there? And he said, I just, he said, it was weird. I was just like, oh, it's over. I've, I've done it. Everything I've worked towards, I've, I've, I've done it. And it was like a jubilation, but at the same time, almost, almost straight away, he was thinking, well, what next? Because I've done it. Yeah. I've been working for you know yeah. 15 years or however to this moment. And almost immediately, I think I'm getting this right, but I don't, it's some, for some reason it's coming to my mind. And he, yeah, he was just almost immediately thinking, well, God, that's... So yeah, I think... The other thing I was going to say, I, one of the things you just prompted me in my mind there was like, when you are setting goals, I love that, building in pauses. Absolutely love that. Um, uh, building in pauses to actually reflect on 
um, how you're doing and uh, whether you need to change the goal, whether you need to amend it to, to yeah. something else. Um, but one of the things I made me think was, you know, building in, how do you know when you get there? How will you know? You know, is there something measurable? I talk about this quite a lot, but is, is there something measurable? Like for you, to so say it was swimming the channel um, with your friends, like there's a very definitive, yeah, we've done it now, you know, because you've, you've climbed yeah. up onto the beach. Um, but, but for some people, for, for other goals, you know, is there something like that that's measurable where you can look at it and go, yes, I've achieved that now. And then for me, the other point with that celebration, I absolutely agree with that wholeheartedly. When you do achieve something, recognize you've achieved it and enjoy it, give yourself the permission to enjoy it. And yes, building some time to prepare for the fact there may be some blues that come with it. But so many people can yeah. just leap straight from finish that to what's next. Absolutely, absolutely. So there's, there's yeah, totally. There's, there's other kind of um, persons and the tools that I use. I use a lot with with people I work with, but also also myself and my own family. There's one that comes to mind. It's called Four Plus One. So it, it's this is great. This this tool, I love it. So what have we tried? Yeah, what have we learned? Uh, what are we pleased about or proud about? What are we concerned about? Based on all of our learning, what are we going to do next? Mm. You no, know, and it's just a lovely tool to to kind of to kind of use really, um, because yeah, absolutely, that that goal and thing you set on that can become all encompassing. But it's a little bit naff and cliche to say it's not the destination, it's the journey. That's that's the other that's the other thing. Yes, that that big goal, looking at it, can be the thing that can help you get out of bed to do that training, or to have that conversation, or to sit and pause, whatever it might be. Um, but you've got to kind of just check in with yourself and understand what's going on, what's working, not working, whilst you're heading there as well. Does, does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, it's all about, no, it's all about people care. No, looking it, after yourself. It does. Yeah. It does make sense. The thing that the thing that I really like about it and. Um, Again, I'm talking about myself here. Um, I'm not hope I don't want yep. to insult anyone else, but I think that so often people can hear people listen to things, and like I've certainly listened to things and read books in the past where I'm like, you know, I don't know, think for example, someone saying like, yeah, you need to let go of all that guilt, and you know, I'm like, yes, I know that, but how do I do it? <laughs> you know, like I'll get really like angry with, yeah, okay, I appreciate that. Yeah. Getting rid of that guilt would be great, but I can't, but but. Can somebody show me how, please? Like, is there is there a way I can do it? Um, what what I really like about what you've just described there is you've given examples and you've of actually some of the questions that people can ask themselves, and then you you know yeah. that you can actually sit down with. And the ultimate thing, um, I mean, we're actually nearly out of time, but the ultimate thing is about changing that mindset so that you can actually live in a happier world, which is the world that's in your head. Um, and the way you see yeah. things and the way you process things. So that four plus one, that I I, I absolutely love that. We'll we'll put that out. We'll put that out lots of times. Yeah, great. There's also also something else that you've, you've kind of said a couple of times throughout this conversation, and that's you know um, you know about other people think you're thinking a certain way or you know not wanting to ring that person because you're a little bit anxious. You know, you mentioned that example around your the, the work colleague earlier on. Um, there's something I've learned from someone called Peyton Walker, um, training attention, I think she, she works for. I've only met her once or twice and I've done, done some joint workshops with her. And she talks about something called the clean setup, mm -hmm. which I really, really like. And, and, and it starts with tapping into our imagination. So we ask ourselves a what if question. 
So if, if it's okay with you, I'll, I'll use the example of you're mildly anxious about a conversation with, in a, a work capacity with someone. You feel, feel slightly intimidated by this person. They don't know that, mm-hmm. but you're worrying about consequences. So the, the kind of clean setup would be, okay, so what if this conversation I'm going to have tomorrow goes just the way I'd like? Yeah? Yeah. It would be like what? So then you just brainstorm, what would it be like? Mm. You know, how might I feel? What might I hear? What might I say? Yeah. Um, so you're beginning just to really experience. So you're not focusing on, I'm anxious, I'm nervous, it's all going to go wrong. You're creating space, even if it's for fleeting moments. What would it be like if it goes just like I'd like it to? Then once you've done that, you then say, okay, so if it goes like that, what would I need to be like? Mm. Yeah. And that might be, I need to be prepared. I need to be confident and comfortable. So I might want a cup of tea and I might want to, or I might want to listen to my favorite rock tune. I don't know, whatever it is you mm. might need. Okay, so if it goes like that, and I need to be like this, what, su- what support, if any, might I need? Mm. Yeah, it might be, well, that, that example might be you might have a trusted friend or colleague that you've agreed after the call you have a quick check-in with, yeah. whatever it might be. So what you're doing is you're taking, you're giving yourself permissions to, to own it. So, um, you know, I, 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 like lots of people, have had moments of anxiety and lots of guilt, which I think is a human nature thing right i think i think we're predisposed to experience those things um and i really like this because it's about taking that responsibility and accepting we've got a choice but using this tool gives us yeah it gives us that gives us a tool to just to move into a different space yeah what would it be like just like i wanted to what do i you know, and what's for my, I love it. It's such a cool tool to use. Really, really helpful, you know? Barry. That's amazing. I, I mean, like I say, there's so many. You've you've taught me lots. You've given me so much support over the years, and so for me personally, thank you. Um, but yeah, people are gonna people are gonna be really um, gonna get a lot out of that. I'm sure. So thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, and oh, thanks for inviting me, dude. My pleasure. No worries at all. And thank you guys out there for listening. Uh, please follow me on Twitter at Mental Comms. Follow me on Instagram at Mental Conversations. And another episode will be winging its way to you soon. Cheers, Barry. Thanks, Dave.